0: Michael, this is all very confusing.
1: On April 25th of this year, Twitter accepted Elon Musk's offer to acquire the social media platform for roughly $52 a share, which valued Twitter at $44 billion. In May, Musk said that the deal was, quote, temporarily on hold, unquote, due to bot concerns. And by mid-July, Musk notified Twitter that he was no longer interested and would be pulling out of the deal. Aside from the sheer entertainment value, there's really nothing in this timeline that is particularly noteworthy. However, on July 12th, just four days after Musk tries to pull out of this deal, Twitter files a lawsuit effectively attempting to force Musk to complete the acquisition. In today's episode, we're debating whether or not Musk's actions are some kind of acquisition strategy, a sincere change of mind due to information or lack thereof, or if Elon is just playing games for his own amusement. We'll also touch on whether the courts, and by association, state governments, should have the right to force potential mergers and acquisitions. I'm Remy Bartolotta, and this is On Markets, presented by Darwin Wealth Management and Darwin Asset Management. With me today, I have Chief Investment Officer Michael Sorrentino and Senior Financial Advisor Michael Bartolotta. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to shout out on the show, email comments at onmarkets.com or hit me up directly at remy at onmarkets.com. And if you like the show, please hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. So one thing that I, I didn't mention in the intro is that Twitter never wanted this acquisition in the first place. Right? They had zero interest in selling to Musk. However, Musk forced this issue by making an offer that they legally could not refuse. So you know, Musk is an enigma for sure. and Whether you like him or hate him, though, he is definitely the most entertaining man of the century, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think we'll really know his true intentions until this sort of messes over and done with. But, you know, let's have a little fun today and see if we can figure out what he's up to. So before we start, let's lay the groundwork for why Elon is pulling out. He claims that Twitter subscribers are up to 50% bots, whereas Twitter says that they at most have only 5% bots. So for those of you who don't know what a bot is, it's basically an algorithm that creates fake accounts and then follows, likes, or retweets real accounts. They serve to artificially inflate a real user's following or popularity, and therefore tricking Twitter into showing that person's tweet to more subscribers. This isn't really exclusive to Twitter. This is sort of the basic blueprint for how all social media platforms work. So you may be wondering, why does anybody care about these stupid bots or or whatever? Uh, Well, social media posts are are worth a lot of money. Kevin Hart, for example, has made $14 million since joining Twitter on only 46 tweets. Seriously? Yes. It's about, I I did the math. It's about 300000 per tweet. Okay. Kylie Jenner makes $1 million per Instagram post. And Mr. Beast made $54 million just last year on YouTube. So, yeah, This is big business, right? And, and you're only going to get there if you have the followers, if you have the likes, if you have the comments or any of this other stuff, right? Which is extremely challenging to do organically. So there are bots out there to help people do this. So back to Elon. If he truly believes that half of Twitter users are bots, then he basically believes that he's paying $44 billion for $22 billion worth of subscribers. But it's also worth noting that Twitter's stock price has plummeted 30% since the acquisition announcement was made. So Tino, I'm gonna shoot this over to you first. Is it strategy, change of mind, or is this just the richest man in the world's idea of a good time?
2: I think it's a mix of everything. I mean, let's be very clear. The price wasn't fifty-four dollars a share, it was fifty-four dollars and twenty cents. Fifty-four twenty. Okay. So the reason why I bring this up, and I don't know why, but the number 420 or 420 is a weed joke, right? So the conspiracy theory of sorts is that he wanted to pay 5420 a share because the 420 being in the number was funny to him. Okay, so th- there's probably some uh, level of humor going on here, but ultimately Elon bought a bunch of shares. I think it was like 9 or 10% of the stock. He broke securities laws doing it. Okay, So there's not a lot of press around this. You can't just do that. You have to file certain forms with the government. He did that. He filed them late. His fine is probably going to be uh, like a parking ticket for most of us. And then he didn't even file the forms properly. So it doesn't matter. That's all in the past at this point. But then, yeah, he offered this deal. It was a massive premium. Twitter is one of the worst run companies in the history of corporate America. You think about the utility and how important that platform is in so many different ways. Elon even calls it the town square for our age. I mean, there's some truth to that. This company has made no money, literally nothing for its shareholders since it went public. It is a train wreck of a company. It doesn't matter what lens you look at it, right? So you've got this massive premium being offered to this for, for the shares. And then you're right. The market tanks a couple of weeks later. Now you're seeing a company that's probably worth a fraction of what he was offering, uh, and he's trying to get out of it. Is it because he was just trying to have some fun, or if he seriously doesn't want to spend the money or whatever it might be? It almost doesn't matter because he's just trying to get out of the deal. And he's, I think he's using this bot argument as a way to get out, and I don't I'm very skeptical that it's going to work. Here's the thing that I think about with the whole bot argument. If he's theorizing
0: that it's up to 50 percent bots, did he not know this? When he made the offer to buy the company, did he not know this when he essentially forced them into taking this offer? I mean, if this is a, a commercial transaction, which is motivated by profit, which you would think that a normal person that would be their motivation, you know, don't those bots create that revenue? I mean, why does he really care?
1: I would argue that that he, there's sort of a precedence for this, for exactly what you're talking about, right? So, Tino, I know you and I talked about this ad nauseum about a year ago. This is no different than him accepting Bitcoin or buying into Bitcoin, right? And all of a sudden, I'm going to accept Bitcoin for Tesla. And the price of Bitcoin you know, goes to the roof. And then what happens? You know, what a month later, he says, oh, you know what? Oh, we're not going to take Bitcoin anymore. You know, Bitcoin's junk because it uses too much electricity, too many resources. It's not, um, you know, environmentally friendly to mine. But again, it's the same thing. You knew this up front. It's not like he didn't know this 30 days ago. You know, there's sort of a trend here, right?
0: I mean, this isn't like uh, coming out of the blue. It feels like he creates these these situations to get a lot of you know high-profile coverage in almost in order to expose the vulnerabilities of whatever these companies are, right? It almost feels to me like he forced this deal. It was very, very public. And then he comes out with this whole business model is stupid and it's all fake and it's all nonsense. And he's got enough money to do it. It doesn't really matter what he does. I mean, he's got more money than
2: you know, a thousand people are going to spend in a lifetime. So why not? Well, it goes back to what you said, Remy. I mean, is he just having fun? I think there's an element of this and there's some consistency, right? He has some fun with the Bitcoin thing. I mean, look, he forgo any due diligence on the company. Okay. He, He flat out said, here's the offer. I'm passing up on the right of due diligence. He could have done his little bot homework before the deal if he wanted to. And look, I mean, the bot argument's been out there for a while. Twitter hasn't, from a leak. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, Twitter has publicly disclosed that they think that a certain percentage. I think it's like five percent of their of the users are bots. I mean, let's say it's ten. It's, uh, who who knows what the number is? But I mean, Twitter basically has gone out and said, "Look, this is how we calculate the bots," and they've disclosed how they actually calculate it. So if you don't agree with it, because that's what Elon now is saying is like, "Well, why aren't you using machine learning? Why aren't you using more sophisticated algorithms to figure out how you guys calculate the bots?" Because in, in Elon's defense, the way they're calculating is it, kind of laughable. and They're just picking a couple hundred accounts, and it's a joke. But that's how they disclosed it. So to your point, Remy, I mean, he knew this before he even offered. He had to have known it what, before he offered the deal. So I think he's just having fun. I mean, I you know he he's very vocal against Twitter. He's going on and says, "Okay, I'm the richest person in the world, and maybe the maybe the conspiracy theories are true. Maybe it's like you know what? I'm to trying to wreck the company a little bit just because I can." Even if that's true.
1: And I realize, hey, you know, these numbers that we throw out there, while they seem astronomical to normal humans, they may not be as impactful to to Elon, but there's still a billion dollar breakup fee on this, right? So even if he gets out of it, even if he walks away, you know, no issues, he still has to pay a billion dollars to walk away. I get it. It's, it, you know, a billion dollars isn't, you know, the same to him as it is to us, but it's still a billion dollars.
2: Yeah, Let's let's add another conspiracy theory here. The, one of the prevailing conspiracy theories out there was that he wanted to sell Tesla stock at, at a high, right? Or presumably a high. We don't know what, what, what stocks trade at. But let's, you know, let's say you're Elon. You're $240 billion or whatever the number was, but almost all of it, if not all of it, is in Tesla stock that you can't sell because you're the CEO. Well, how do you sell it without having people freak out and tank the stock? Say, hey, look, I'm selling some stock just to go out and buy this other company. So you sell a bunch of Tesla stock, right? You got a bunch of cash now. And now, what's the cost of that? Well, let's say you walk away from this deal, and you got to pay a billion dollar breakup fee. Net, net, that's going to be way better than trying to tell the world, "Look, I'm I'm the CEO of a company. I'm going to sell a bunch of stock, but everything's cool. You got nothing to worry about." So, I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to this conspiracy theory. So, a billion dollars just the cost of doing business. Exactly. Exactly.
1: That's like your bank fee. Like when you go to the bank and they charge you four dollars for uh, you know whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ATM—that's crazy. You know, we're—we're. We're, everybody presupposes that everyone does something for financial gain, and for the vast majority of the world, that's true. But for a guy like that, I mean, if I had—I don't know—a hundred billion dollars or whatever this guy has, I think the idea of doing anything for financial gain would have left me a long time ago. It's just, what's the point? I mean, I think that's true and not true, right? I think if your goal is, hey, you know, I just want to make a ton of money
1: to sit back, relax on the beach and, you know, go fishing, then that's probably true. But if your goal is, I want to colonize Mars, (laughs) that requires a lot of money, right? So, I mean, no matter how much money you have, I would assume you're probably trying to generate more in order to keep your dream of colonizing Mars alive.
0: Yeah, you could be right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, listen. This is all this is all speculation from from all of us, yeah. right? Nobody knows what the hell's going on in that guy's head.
2: Nah, the conspiracy theories are way more fun. The other one is uh, that he's literally trying to destroy Twitter, right? He he's you know, Elon's notable for being a kind of a free speech advocate, right? So, you know, you've got a, a platform that will shut you down if you say something that doesn't fall in line with what they want to hear. But at the same time, they leave the Taliban's account open, right? So that they've got this you know, perception of how Twitter is, and it's certainly left-leaning. So you, you as the richest person in the world, writing a check like that is possible. Getting the bank financing is possible. You go out, you say, "I want to buy the company." To your point, Mike, denigrate it publicly, upset the employee base so much that I don't know if you've heard of this or not. But Twitter's had to put controls into their software to make sure their engineers don't sabotage the entire platform that's how upset people are that elon musk is going to be the well was going to be the future ceo you know do all this and then get everybody excited all the shareholders excited all these these executives that are finally like i could finally get out of this dumpster fire of a company and get paid for it and then you just pull the rug out from under them So yeah you know i don't want to do this anymore so it's you know gun
0: to your head you had to give one reason and you had to bet on it this is why elon is,
2: is going through all this what do you think it is I honestly think he wanted to buy it and turn it around and then the market turned on him and he realizes now he can get a better price. I think it's, you know, Hawkins raised, right? The simplest solution is usually the right one. Remy, what do you think? It's, it's a tough call.
1: If it wasn't Elon Musk, I would tend to agree with Tino, but he is just, like I said in the intro, he's, he's an enigma. I, I I can, I just can never understand what he's doing. And, you know, I'm gonna chalk that up to. I guess I'm just not smart enough. I'm mean, the guy's a genius for sure. I think there is something else at play here. What that is, I, I truly don't know.
0: You? I think he wants to trash the company.
1: <laughs> I do. I mean, if that's his goal, then I would say that's the most noble goal goal of all. Because I'm a, I'm a, I, I hate Twitter. I think it's one of the worst
0: things to happen to society, maybe ever. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. But if I look at it logically, that's what the actions tell me. I mean, Tino's going to be really
1: upset if Twitter disappears because I, I, the entertainment factor for Tino is
2: unlimited, yeah. To be abundantly clear about this, though, so I, I stopped using Twitter like a year and a half ago, uh, proactively using it, uh, meaning... It, I agree. It's the VH1 of social media. It's, it's complete trash. <laughs> <laughs> What's your
1: problem with VH1?
2: I utterly despise the platform. I think it's terrible.
1: So let's look at this from a different angle. So as I mentioned... You know, Twitter is now suing Elon Musk, trying to force this deal to go through. Do you think, and this is going to go to the courts and it's going to the courts in Delaware, do you think, number one, that the courts should be involved? And number two, do you think that the courts should be allowed to essentially force an acquisition?
0: This is a little uncharacteristic for me, but I'm going to say yes. I actually do think, you know, I sort of like what Elon is doing, to be honest with you, because it's fun. But He did enter into an agreement. Not only did he enter into an agreement, but he almost forced it. He didn't almost force it. He did force it. And now he went out. And I don't think there's anything that he knows now that he didn't know going in. You know, he entered into an agreement. The other side entered into the agreement theoretically in good faith. I think he should have to consummate the deal. I do.
2: I actually, I agree. I think you should too. You can't just, I mean, any waive due diligence. You do all this theatrics and, and you, know, you can't walk away from a deal. And I, again, not being a lawyer, but look, over something like 90 or 95% of publicly traded companies are incorporated in Delaware for a reason. It's because their court system there is highly specialized in corporate law. And you know what, what you tend to see there are cases, particularly m, m- M-A cases, move very quickly through the courts because they are specialized, and I know these deals are important, things of that nature. So uh, I think that this has got to be the strangest uh, corporate drama that I've come across in a very, very long time. I don't know how the courts are going to decide on this, but there's precedent for the courts to force the deal to go through. I've done a lot of research on this again, not being a lawyer, but yeah, you know, it's going to be very difficult from a technical perspective for Elon to prevail here. I mean, the only thing I could think of potentially from what I've read in terms of the agreement is that if Elon's able to blow up his debt financing, then he can get out of this deal. But aside from that, um, I could see a judge saying, "You know, suck it up. You got to you got to take this thing on."
1: Yeah, I tend to agree, and I mean, I think that if you if he settled it, you know, quote unquote current value, it'd be roughly thirty one billion dollars
0: what's the value per share right now
1: 40 uh i don't know what it is right now but i'm just assuming you take it roughly about 30
2: percent off that 44 billion dollar number you end up at 31 billion i do remember uh reading somewhere that elon one of his demands was he wanted to see the sell side model that uh I, I guess goldman sachs had put had been advising twitter when he when they got the offer from elon and goldman's uh, sell side research analyst had a I forgot what the price target was, but it was it was low. It was, you know, in the high 20s or something like that. And then they were they were basically advising them uh, based off of that report. So I, I guess Elon had in one of his demands he wanted to see the sell-side model that Goldman had put together to derive that that price target, which I mean is insane. I mean,
1: it would make sense, right? I mean, if you go in there and you offer $29 a share, they turn you down because you know they don't want you, and they can justifiably do that. So you go in there, you offer uh, you know, however much it was, fifty-four dollars a share, right? They're required, you know, legally to to accept the offer. Then you shake it up so much that you force
0: a, a settlement of a, you know, sort of a more reasonable price. I mean, it's a good strategy.
2: My question is, how can you demand anything once you waive due diligence?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question.
2: That's it's a tough one. I mean, there's something called a material adverse effect, and M A E which is, a, I guess, a clause that's in most of these contracts. But from what I understand, particularly in Delaware law, it's a very nebulous idea. So basically it says that if there's a material adverse effect to the business, then the buyer can walk away. But it's not like the stock price is going down as a material adverse effect. It has to be like the sellers were caught in fraud or something like that and drove the company in the ground. Barring that, it's very, very difficult to get an MAE. And I, like I said, I, just, I don't see how he gets out of this. I wonder if that criteria includes uh, senior software engineers sabotaging the system
1: before the sale. (laughs) I mean, it could be. (laughs) So my question there, though, is what's the point? Is it the best thing for Twitter? Is the best thing for the acquired firm to have somebody who doesn't want to be in place that you don't want in place to be forced to make this acquisition
2: well that's what makes this one so unique is that you know typically uh, if you're selling a company it's you know one private equity firm to the next or something like that where it's not that big of a deal you know if somebody doesn't want to go through the acquisition and a transaction they're still going to you know they're going to get the profits from the company leadership still in place things of that nature not much changes this is unique because what you said Remy it's very true you're going to be forcing an unwilling buyer to take down a company of this size but then Elon Musk is going to be the CEO of a company he doesn't want to be a part of. Is that good for the shareholders? Admittedly, the company's being bought out. Is it good for the, for the, for the employees? All of that, right? And I think that's what makes this issue so unbelievably complicated because, look, Delaware, I would think that Delaware w- wants to still be viewed as a place where contracts matter and you, you can still do business here, things of that nature, but at the same time, how do you handle this? I I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, I, I, and, and even though, let's say the courts say, you know what, Elon, tough luck. You sign this thing, you got to buy it. What if Elon just says, go pound sand? Yeah, what do they do? Well, you, you throw him in jail? What, what are they going to extradite him from Texas? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, Tina, what you think is going to happen based on your comment before is, is they're going to settle at some
2: lower number? I, I Yeah, I, if I was a judge too, I'd be like, figure this out and figure this out fast. I think there's going to be some type of a settlement. Twitter would be absolutely insane to walk away from this. Even if the price is 30 bucks a share. I don't I don't know what the number would be. They got to figure out a number that makes more sense. This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management, LLC
1: and Darwin Advisors, LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there could be no assurance that any investment or strategy, Will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. And past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned herein.